Welcome back to the Facts About PACS. I'm Michaela Isler, NABPACS Executive Director, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Adam Belmar. And this is episode 68 of the number one PAC podcast in America. Adam, over the last past weeks, we've been focused on the political lay of the land in this election year and all the best practices for PAC managers getting their membership campaigns underway. But today, we pull the focus way back and consider corporate culture and how employee-funded and business trade association PACs play into that. And we're going to add the overlay of diversity, equity, and inclusion into the conversation, Michaela. The work of DE&I didn't start during the summer of social justice in 2020. That's just when it broke through through the noise. And the work of DE&I isn't done in 2022, just because it's not on everyone's lips right now. Today, we talk with Tracy J. Edmonds about corporate culture and how getting DE&I right is fundamental to success. The Facts About PACS podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPA activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Chainbridge Bank. Looking for a financial partner who actually understands PACs? End the frustration by crossing the bridge to better banking with Chainbridge Bank, a group who specializes in the financial needs of the corporate and association PAC space. Chainbridge Bank, they know PACs. Thanks, Adam. And thanks again to Chainbridge Bank for your ongoing support of this podcast and NAPAC. And it's been too long, Adam, since our friend and advisor, Tracy J. Edmonds, has graced these airwaves. So welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, Tracy. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. And for listeners not familiar with Tracy J., a quick refresher. Tracy coaches leaders and organizations on authenticity and strategic diversity and inclusion. She holds an MBA from Xavier University and is the former chief diversity officer at Anthem, where she also played a leading role in human resources. Most recently, however, she is the author of the best-selling book, Wild Hair, A Courageous Woman's Guide to a Bold and Authentic Career. Oh, and by the way, she's a consultant to NABPAC, helping all of us with the important work we've undertaken on DE&I. Adam, I don't know where we would be in this moment without Tracy. So Tracy, let's get right to it. DE&I is not on everyone's lips right now, like it was two years ago when there was a rush to hire chief diversity officers. From where you sit, are organizations changing in a sustainable way? Oh, that's a great great question. Question. I mean, we saw so much hiring of diversity professionals after the events in 2020. And, you know, when I think about what I'm seeing right now, there certainly is a lot of activity that's going on. What I really look for with organizations is have they engaged in this conversation and this activity in a way that connects directly to the fabric of who they are? So more than just seeing that there's been hiring of diversity leaders, more than just seeing posts on social media or ads that include more people of color, what I'm looking for is a direct connection to who those organizations are and why they exist. So I think there are some that are absolutely getting it right, while there are others that are continuing to see this as an activity-based, reactive function in their organization. I love that you said connections, because when it comes to corporate culture, being a systemic thinker is a great benefit. And that really means you can see those connections, Tracy J. How can leaders of employee funded and business trade association PACs achieve the impact that they're looking for with systemic thinking? 
I think systemic thinking is important for all business leaders. So whether you're leading marketing, whether you're leading sales, whether you're leading operations, or you're leading the pack, it is important for you to understand how what you do connects to the bigger picture, how what you do connects to the employees in your organization, how what you do connects to the political wheels outside the organization, how what you do connects to your customer. And the way that I think this plays out for PACs in particular is when we're thinking about reaching out to employees for funding, we need to understand the experiences and perspectives of those employees. You know, I was an African-American leader in a Fortune 30 company, and I was not gung-ho about participating in PACs. And part of that came from a perspective, a cultural perspective, in terms of what are some of the issues that my organization supports, not being informed, really, quite honestly, about what those issues are and how those issues matter to the mission of the organization and why I should even care. So when we come into addressing how do we use systemic thinking as a PAC, what I would encourage all of our PAC leaders to do is to think about how their employees think about the issues of the day and not be so focused just on getting them to donate, but how about educating them on the issues of the day and how they matter to them their customers, and the mission of the organization. And that really ties in kind of our opening comments, guys, when we're talking about how our organization's responding. Are they building in the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion throughout all aspects of their organization, including the PAC? Because some people could say, what the hell does this have to do with the PAC, right? What does DEI have to do with the PAC? Well, I certainly hope that you are seeking support for the PAC from a diverse group of people in the organization, that's what you want. So I think there's so much to be had if we really bring systemic thinking to the party in any function in our organizations, but especially the PACs. And Tracy, you know, I think leadership is also a critical component of sustainably changing corporate culture and getting buy-in from the team, even when it comes to PAC membership. What insights and advice can you share with everyone listening about how leaders at all levels can be accountable? You know, I've heard you say that accountability is the lever and that changing culture is simple, but not easy. When you think about how do we start to engage differently through a lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion, through systemic thinking, when we think about PAC leadership, the lever is absolutely accountability. Culture is about how things are done in an organization right? How we treat one another, how the process flows in the organization, how we talk about PACs and any other issues in the organization. So when we think about changing culture, it's a, a simple formula, but it's not really easy. The first thing we have to do is just create a different expectation, right? So if we would like to see greater diversity in those who contribute to the PAC, we have to set that expectation, set a goal, say we're going to do, be different in that space. The next piece is really changing the processes. So when we think about how our PACs operate, how they reach out and engage with members, are they doing that systemic thinking that says, I understand how Tracy might come to the table as an African-American leader thinking about her engagement in PACs versus how Michaela might come to the table as a white executive in the organization thinking about PACs. So doing that work and then changing our processes, our communication accordingly. The last piece of it is holding ourselves accountable at the end of the day. And that is the really hard part. 
because change is difficult for humans. That's just normal. And so when we talk about shifting and seeing the benefits of these changes, that can be hard to see immediately. And so we have to stay the course. We have to hold ourselves accountable. And that's where inclusion becomes such a powerful aspect of it. In order to have accountability, we need it from the bottom to the top of the organization. So we have to create an environment where someone like a Tracy can say, I'm not comfortable donating to the PAC and here's why. An inclusive culture says, I want Tracy's perspective. I want her to hold me accountable. So the work can be really, really difficult, but what I encourage organizations to do is to spend the time when thinking about who they are, mission, vision, values, why diversity, equity, and inclusion matters in the execution of that mission, vision, and values, and how PAC membership helps support that. Then we have a more robust conversation. We have something we can hold ourselves accountable to. So simple, not easy, but create the inclusive environment where we all have a share in the accountability. If I'm thinking about what you've just shared from the perspective of a PAC manager, Tracy, I'm thinking, okay, hard work. What does that actually mean? It means that receipts for this year's PAC campaign, if we're doing this hard work, might not necessarily go up, but it is still important work. And we're achieving a greater goal that we will all reap rewards from down the line. You know, I think that the focus needs to be much bigger about engagement. It might not be just the bottom line dollars, but it might be about engaging a diverse community within our organizations in the political conversation. Because a big part for me, and I use myself as kind of sample of one, you know, I don't know if that <laughs> that means that um, all African-American executives are feeling this way, but as a, as a sample of one, for me, it was about being informed about how this matters. Typically, we see a lot of energy in organizations about mission. What are we here to do? Vision, values. But we don't always see how that applies to a very broad and diverse community within the organization and outside. So when we can tell a story about that, which again kind of gets back to that first question, how well are organizations connecting the dots and having less about activity, but more about impact? and connecting the dots for their employees and customers about how they are meeting the needs of a diverse group. So having that conversation. So you're spot on, Adam. That may mean a net no gain in contributions the first year. But I think if we continue that dialogue, we can develop the type of commitment from diverse leaders and employees to be engaged in PACs. You know, just educating them. You know, some of us stand on the sidelines of political engagement. We don't want anything to do with it. And so then when we think about what our organizations are doing, if we're not informed to, as to what they're doing and why, it's so easy to continue to be on the sidelines and then you're gonna ask me for money, right? That's a difficult conversation. So let's do more of that impactful education. You know, Tracy, it's subtle, but there is a very real difference between leadership and active management. And when you bring in multiple perspectives, different cultural backgrounds, different educational backgrounds, it's difficult to manage. But you say that it's the friction that comes from the difference that creates the value. Can you unpack that a little bit for everyone? I just love it. You know, there is a very real difference. You know, when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, everyone likes to say that they're for it. 
But the reality is managing diversity, equity, and inclusion is very difficult. It's easier just to be that active manager that keeps the ball rolling, gets stuff done, isn't really in tune with how to drive diversity, equity, and inclusion across the organization. But real leadership, real inclusive leadership takes into account the benefits of diversity. And what I mean by that is when we have people with different backgrounds, and I don't mean just race and gender, I mean the things that you highlighted, educational backgrounds, experiential backgrounds, things that bring them to the table with very, very different perspectives. What we get when we're processing business issues is a little bit of friction because I may see it one way, you may see it another way, and Adam may see it a third way. And so the great leaders, the ones who are looking beyond active management, the ones who are leading inclusively, are hearing all of those and negotiating the best response and the best solution going forward. That's not easy work. It's tiring. Wouldn't it be so much easier just to take the perspective of the majority? You know, we've got 10 men in the room and two women and the men say this and the two women say that. It would be so much easier to just say, okay, the men have it. But those who are leading, not actively managing, but are leading and leading inclusively, they're going to draw from me and you, Michaela, and say, tell me more. Tell me what you think about that. So that friction, that rub, oftentimes creates a brand new idea. Or we get a seed of an idea that's absolutely fabulous, and then we glob on something else and say, oh my gosh, this is even more robust than we could have ever imagined. So it's hard. It's usually well worth it. But people shy away from it, right? It's so much easier to be just an active manager and say, I've got a great team and we're getting shit done. But are you getting the right things done in the best way? And are you creating an environment where you're going to continue to get that kind of engagement that gives you the best solutions possible? I think too about our DEI task force at NAPAC, and we're in our third year with your wonderful guidance. And I know when we set out on this journey, we wanted to be very intentional and we wanted to make an impact. And I think one of the best things about our DEI task force is, is so diverse from so many different backgrounds who all want to be engaged and make a difference. And I think to your point, I feel like we've really stopped and taken the time to listen to all those different perspectives. And then we've been able to move forward with a plan that really does feel like it comes from all corners of the organization, but it hasn't been easy. It is a lot of work to do. Um, And we're seeing it play out with our pack managers as well. And it's subtle. And it's probably not as much as we thought maybe it would be, but I think we are beginning to see that change. And and our hope is, you know, we continue to build this pipeline for all to come into the PAC community, but, but we certainly have our work cut out for us. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'm sample of one, but if my PAC manager, when I was in the corporate environment, had not taken the opportunity to be an active leader versus an active manager and engage me in a meaningful conversation, she would have lost the contribution. And so the value is there if we do the work. And NAPAC is doing the work and that enables us to bring in even more diverse talent to the board that enables us to impact the communities in a different way. There's just so many things that we can do that we could not do if we took the easy path. So it's always valuable. You just got to be willing to do the work. Tracy J. Edmonds, you are such a treasure and just a great voice in our community. Uh, I just love working with you and we look forward to having you back on the podcast again very soon. Thank you. 
And as always, thanks to everyone downloading and sharing our podcast. Subscribe and meet us right back here on the Facts About Packs.